All right. Well, uh, welcome to BSing with Sean K. I'm your host, Sean Neese. Uh, today, my guest is Peach Braxton. She is a YouTube vlogger, and she's developed a bit of a following over the years in the online atheist YouTube community. Uh, she's XXX the Peach XXX on YouTube, and she's here today to tell us more about herself and her videos. So, thanks for coming on. No problem. How would you describe your videos and uh, what topics do you usually focus on? Um, generally speaking, I make videos about current events, social issues. I talk a lot about, well, uh, I guess the one thing that really made me known was atheism. I talk, I talk a bit about that. I talk some about uh, more the more recent uh happenings in the news as of late, like police brutality or, you know, LGBT uh, equality, civil rights, that sort of thing. I kind of stick to that um, range of topics because that's what really interests me. And uh, what motivated you to start making these videos? Boredom. That was basically it. Um, uh, I also like to interact with people and at the time, you know, YouTube was still fairly new and innovative in the way that you can, <clears throat> excuse me, you can make videos and people make, you know, video responses to you. You can go back and forth. And that was, that, that appealed to me. And did you have like any fears putting yourself out there at first? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was extremely nervous. In fact, I waited about two months before. I had the nerve to upload my first video after I made my channel. And um, even now, I still get kind of nervous uploading videos because um, I'm always interested in how people are going to, per you know, how, how they're going to perceive them, what they're going to think. And what is uh, your opinion of, like, this new age of YouTube celebrities? Uh, like, what's been your experience with it? Um. I still kind of scoff at it a little bit, even though I know that, you know, some of them are, I suppose you could, you know, call them genuine celebrities. There aren't that many of them, but there are some that have completely, uh, I wouldn't say cross over into what you'd call mainstream celebrities, like, you know, TV stars, movie stars, other forms of media, but I would argue that they're just as known and just as popular as many of them. So it's it's actually pretty um, uh, strange to me that someone could become a celebrity just by making making videos for free on a website and getting a couple million subscribers. And then I know like there's like the prankster YouTube types like uh, Sam Pepper, like will they go around like assaulting? and like harassing people but it's like it's supposed to be like a prank i know he i know sam pepper got in trouble because like he went too far with it and everything well yeah that's 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 pretty bizarre um i know that his following took a real beating when uh when he uh, made that video with him you know grabbing girls butts and uh i don't i don't even know if he's still active anymore i wouldn't be surprised if he is but i can't imagine that he's as popular as he was before he's probably just infamous now which also um, can translate to a lot of money and fame so I guess it really doesn't matter to him and uh, 
like what has been your experience with the atheist YouTube community? Um, it's changed quite a bit since I first started. At first, it, there was this real feeling of community and um, the interest in exchanging ideas and discussion and, you know, genuine debates. And I don't know what happened. A couple of years ago, someone said something about feminism and the whole thing, the whole mood just changed. And now it's, I, I find it to be um, a lot less welcoming uh, to new ideas or different ideas. It's become extremely combative. And I don't think that's a very good thing. You know, it's, it's great to have debates. It's great to disagree. Um, but there, that doesn't really exist anymore. It's, it's mostly attacks now. And uh, um, that's disappointing. What, what is your opinion of, like, what God is to a lot of people in society? And why do you think people, like, feel they need it? Well, I think uh, most people are um, indoctrinated into believing it. And it's something that gets reinforced throughout their lives. And they they are just never taught to ever question it. It's just something that's kind of a fact of life that you don't really even think about. It's, it just is. And um, personally, I don't see a lot of people, I mean, very many people putting a whole lot of stock into the idea of God until they feel desperate, until um, they feel like they need to believe that somebody is watching out for them. Somebody with a lot of power is watching out for them. And, uh, that just seems a little infantile to me. I mean, I understand, you know, that need to to feel protected, but to actually believe that it's true um, is is a bit primitive, in my my opinion. And did you ever have any like trouble with uh, friends or family for being an atheist? Or? No, um, my family uh, they're they're pretty much atheists. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really have much of a family. My parents, they're both atheists. My mother's a Jew. She grew up in a Jewish family. They're all atheists. My father's a very strong atheist, and he comes from a, a Southern Baptist family. And um, he was always kind of the black sheep anyway. So me being his child, kind of, I, I inherited that role. So it's it's nothing that um, I ever had to really reconcile with anybody. So uh, what's your opinion of uh, how atheists are treated today in our societies? Uh, are there any ways you feel it could be improved? Um, personally, I've never seen anyone being discriminated against for being an atheist or, you know, really being sneered at too much. Um, I mean, people will think whatever they want. I, but I really don't see a lot of singling out all that much and until, you know, someone brings suit uh, defending the uh, separation of church and state. And that's when, you know, we get attacked very much. Um, I think a lot of the hostility that atheists may get, a lot of that might actually be self-inflicted because especially regarding people who become atheists, who deconvert. Um, they have just discovered this, you know, this, this whole new world where, you know, reason and logic rule. And I guess they think that 
you know, rejecting the idea of a god is so revolutionary that they have to, you know, kind of shove it in people's faces rather rudely. And that's not going to go over well with with many people. So maybe if, you know, we treat people with respect rather than, you know, shouting them down and making them feel stupid for holding on to their religious beliefs, that might actually help to improve our the way people see us. And uh, so do you think, like, religion needs to, like, be totally done away with? Or just, like, would you rather, like, see, like, religion out of law and stuff like that? Well, that's the first thing. It needs to be completely separated from legislature com- t- entirely. Um, this country was set up to be secular, and we need to be secular. Um, of course, I would rather people not believe in the supernatural. Um, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I don't know if, you know, the world would be totally better off for it, because I do understand that a lot of creativity comes from uh, imagination. Um, but, yeah, I, I would I would much prefer if people just rejected all of that. Well, like I said, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. You've talked about how you've served in uh, the military in some of your videos. What can you say about this experience and how it's like uh, shaped you and your views? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the military is um, definitely exposed me to a lot of different kinds of people from all over the country. Uh, there are strict rules when you're in the service. You're, you're really not allowed to talk about certain things on the job. So I, I don't think very many people even knew that I was an atheist because, you know, we just really didn't talk about it. Not that I was hiding it. It's just it, we weren't talking about it. And um, I don't know. The, the military was was really just a job for me. It was It was a career, but my career was information technology. I didn't really think of the military as my career. There wasn't, um, you know, huge life lessons that I took away from it other than, you know, being a little bit more disciplined in uh, the physical aspects of life. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a job. It was a career. And um, even though I served during times of war, I kind of walked away from it you know, pretty, pretty much unscathed. And like, uh, what is your view of like how the, the military is treated like in this country? Like, uh, well, um, I think, I think people still kind of have this veteran worship for the most part. Uh, even, even now, even though I've been out of the service for several years, you know, people still try to give me freebies for having served. So there's that. Um, I I don't see a whole lot of uh, negative attention towards veterans, except for, you know, you know, the, the select few who think that all service members are murderers. I, I kind of dismiss them immediately. Um, I guess the only real issue going on right now with the service is the, uh, the, the rash of sexual assaults against the female service members, which fortunately... Um, was not something that I was ever, I ever had to deal with. So you think it's uh, unfair, like how people blame the military for 
the ways they're used by the government, like for war and other things like that? Yeah, we we had no we have no control over that. Uh, when you when you when you enlist, um, you basically become the property of the of the country. You have no say in how the government works or how the government utilizes your your skills. You know, people don't like that the um, the explanation. I was just following orders, which, depending on what what kind of uh, actions are being taken, may not be a, a, a reasonable excuse. But if someone if if a war breaks out, that's not your fault. You're not the one that declared war, but you have a job to do, and you're going to do it to the best of your abilities. Now, for those service members who have murdered people in you know in the line of duty or have committed all kinds of horrible atrocities there is no excuse for that and i absolutely could never ever condone or defend that so what can you say about the charity event you worked at, uh, for hiv and what was your experience like with it well we've been doing it for five years actually i mean it's it's my boyfriend's event he he started it uh, before we were even together. It's called Madness, Mayhem, and Charity. And he started it right after he was diagnosed with HIV um, five or six years ago. He had this attitude that HIV is not going to defeat him. He will, he will beat this. And he will do whatever it takes to help find a cure, find a vaccine. But we don't have very much money, so we, we don't have a whole lot to donate to the actual charity. So he came up with the idea to organize a fundraiser and ended up contributing um, way more money than he could have ever been able to donate on his own, which is pretty amazing. Um, every year we, we try to organize as many people as we can to uh, host one hour slots, one or two hour slots. And we try to get people with large followings because large followings generally translate to more donations and uh, it's a lot of fun a lot of hard work and i'm very very proud to be a part of it and like uh what do you think could be done to help this uh problem of uh aids and do you think we'll see much progress like in the years to come yes uh well yes and no um here in the United States and other developed parts of the world, there's a lot of education um, that's taught to young people, basically, you know, as soon as they start school. Um, HIV was, or not HIV, AIDS was discovered the year I was born. So I kind of grew up with the hysteria and then the calm and the actual facts being taught to me. So I can be very secure in, in, in the knowledge that that children are being taught the facts unless of course they're you know they're going to a school that teaches them you know abstinence only education and feels no need to teach them about actual facts um, so there's that um, however in places like in the African countries where HIV is just ravaging unchecked almost. I don't know if that will improve because there is a lot less education um, and a lot more superstition surrounding the disease. And that can only lead to more infections and more deaths. 
And so you've posted a couple of videos related to uh, police brutality and uh, racial profiling and uh, some of the events in places like Ferguson and Baltimore. What is your view on this issue and what do you think some of the solutions are? Um, I think we need a better way of vetting police officers when they're in training, when they first, you know, uh, enlist. Um, I mean, how, how can you vet racism? You really can't. But it's, it's a problem that has to be coming from the top down. So I think this is something that needs to be, uh, there, there needs to be a lot of changes, a lot of widespread changes, and I think everyone needs to be um, probably retrained in how to uh, restrain suspects without killing them, without causing them unnecessary harm. Uh, it's and and why we're why there are so many um, black fatalities. You know, this is not um, this is not a coincidence. This is this is something that needs to be tackled from the top down. And I mean, I, I've never been a police officer, so I I couldn't even begin to tell you how that sort of thing would come about. But whatever needs to be done needs to be done, and it needs to be done now. Um, this this is nothing new. I mean, you know, the fact that it's in the media is is kind of new, but Police officers executing black people summarily is nothing new. It's it's always happened. The only difference is is that now everyone has access to video cameras. And I guess like with with the internet, people are able to uh, develop more of their own perspectives on it too. Like without aside from like just what like the media exactly like the television tells them and everything. Exactly, you no longer have to uh, mail a videotape to the local uh, news channels you can just upload it to youtube and it can go viral just like that that's a that's a very powerful tool so uh, are there some religions you like or dislike more than others well there are certainly religions that i dislike more than others i don't know if i actually <laughs> like any of them because they're all make-believe they're all you know they're all playing pretend for adults that's the way i see it but there are certainly ones that I think that are far more um, dangerous and hurtful towards humanity than others. For example, um, you take a religion like Wicca, which to me is, is very silly and it, it involves a lot of dressing up and magical thinking, but it's harmless. I, I mean, I really don't see it doing a whole lot of um, damage to, to a lot of people. Um, it, it doesn't promote discrimination. It doesn't promote hatred. It's very inclusive. And you don't have to forsake, you know, science and medicine to, uh, to be an adherent. So, yeah, I, I don't see a whole lot of damage being done to people because of that. The Abrahamic religions, on the other hand, have been very harmful to humanity, and they need to disappear. And so, yeah, I definitely dislike those more than others. And uh, is there any text like you like from like a literary standpoint, like maybe just like interesting from like is literature or whatever? Um, it depends. Um, a lot of the a lot of the texts are so old and dry that it's really hard to enjoy reading them. Um, maybe some of the newer ones I could I could, you know, sometimes get into. 
um, just, you know, just for the, the literature aspect. But, um, yeah, the, the older texts, they're, uh, they're not so easy to follow because they're not written for modern readers. So what can you say about, like, the debates you've had with uh, creationists, race realists, and uh, other groups on YouTube uh, who have been some of the most frustrating to deal with and why? I haven't had too many debates with people. Um, I would say that the race realists are the ones with the harder, hardest heads. Um, generally speaking, when you're dealing with people like them and with creationists, you have to understand that you're not going to change their minds. Uh, that's something they're going to have to come to on their own. And when they're presenting these disparate facts, which really amount to conspiracy theories, that makes it all the, the more difficult for me to have an actual dialogue because I have so little patience with that sort of conspiratorial thinking. So, yeah, I, I, that's why I don't really do very well with debates. Not because I don't think I'm right. It's because I just I have very little patience for stupidity. And uh, so, like, what motivates you to keep making videos? Uh... Well, um, my ego, pretty much. I, I don't like um, the idea of not having a voice and having it heard. That's that's basically been my my main motivation to keep going, because um, I've never been very prolific with making videos, especially on my own channel. I'm, I'm a little bit more active on the Breakfast Club, but uh, it's generally generally because when I have something to say, I don't like the idea. I, I don't like the prospect of me just repeating what someone else has already said or me just repeating the, the, the popular uh, opinion. You know, what's the point then? So when I actually am motivated, when I actually am inspired to get involved, um, the thought that no one's going to listen or that I don't have that platform really bugs me. So I keep going because I just can't stand the thought of, of not being heard. And uh, is there any place you'd like to like eventually go beyond YouTube, like uh, maybe your own television show or something like that? No, 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 no. That's um, that's uh, definitely not for me. I'm um, I'm way too shy and self-conscious for for anything like that. Um, I I don't really see myself kind of expanding onto other forms of media. Um, you know, even a, even a podcast, it, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit too, uh, regimented for me. I just like, you know, doing what I do when I want to. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. And, uh, you mentioned the breakfast club. What can you say about like, uh, the videos you do for that? And like, uh, like what is the breakfast club exactly? And like, what, how does it differ from like, the videos you do on your main channel. Well, Breakfast Club is another project uh, from Dev Shell 2, my boyfriend. And the, the, the idea behind it was to kind of go back to how things used to be on, on YouTube, where people make a, you know, make a video, speak their minds, and someone responds. And you go back and forth, and you do it 
you know, with an open mind and with civility. You're not attacking people. You're just discussing things with them. Whether you agree or disagree really doesn't make any difference. And so that's kind of the point behind The Breakfast Club. Um, uh, so the way it differs from my channel is um, I'm usually delving into subjects that I probably wouldn't talk about on my own channel um, all that much because I'm, di I'm in a discussion with six other people. And so that can, that can entail uh, opinions on the death penalty and uh, feminism or semantics regarding uh, terminology. Uh, there, was, there was a big one that we had a couple months ago regarding um, transgender terminology. And, uh, you know, these are things that I probably wouldn't have come up with on my own. So it's, it's very interesting to, uh, to be a part of that and to uh, explore topics, uh, different topics than the ones that I've been used to. Um, so what can you say, like, about the kind of work you do to support yourself, like, when you aren't making videos? And is it hard to always find time to upload them? Or? Well, I'm, I, I'm an IT uh, technician by trade. That's what I was in the service tr being trained to do. And that's what I've been doing for the last 15 years. And uh, so it's a lot of time in front of a computer. And depending on my workload, I actually have quite a bit of time researching particular video topics and that sort of thing. Um, but the, actually, the, the, the hardest thing to do is to find time to record them. Um, during the week, that's almost out of the question because I'm, you know, I'm at work, I come home and I'm tired. I don't feel like, you know, sitting in front of a camera for 20, 30 minutes making a video and then spending the next couple hours editing it. So I, I leave that up to the weekends. Um, I try to pick, you know, Saturday or Sunday to do, to do most of everything. And, um, yeah, that's, that's my life. And do you have, like, other passions besides YouTube videos? Or? Um, I, I, uh, my thing is documentaries. I love watching documentaries. I spend a lot of my time doing that. I don't really watch TV much anymore. I have a couple of shows that I like. But for the most part, I'm, I'm really kind of bored and spoiled by uh, web streaming and being able to skip commercials altogether to, uh, to deal with television to deal with movies, you know, going to the movies. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, I like to read, and I'm I'm actually a very I'm I'm someone who's very home oriented. So my passions kind of involve me lounging about and relaxing. And uh, what can you say about Reason Rally, and what has your uh, experience with that been? Well, that was fun. It was a couple years ago. Um, it was I, my my favorite part of it was just meeting all all kinds of different people, meeting up with people I had already met, and uh, it was it was it was a lot of fun. You know, the conventions were were interesting, if a little bit echo chamberish, but it was it was a good time. I I had a whole lot of fun, and uh, it was it was very cool seeing people that I had never seen before and or maybe had just only seen on youtube such such as um oh like tim minchin 
it was really cool seeing him. And, and we also got to interact with the uh, Westboro Baptist Church, and that was memorable. And uh, whatever happened to that atheist YouTube documentary you were involved with a few years ago? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> the last I heard, uh, Oh My God, It's Chris was helping to edit it, but I have no idea where they're at on that. And I, I actually haven't asked about it because I completely forgot. But it would be nice if uh, if uh, that were to ever come out. I think there was an issue with funding that was kind of halting it a bit. But um, but I'm not sure. I haven't asked um, Larry Cameron recently what the uh, status is on that. So um, in one of your older videos, uh, you say how you like to stay away from calling yourself a feminist. Can you explain this? Well, because feminist has so many um, connotations, so many different meanings to people. Um, and, and generally speaking, I don't like to attach very many labels to myself anyway. So, you know, if, if the question is, do you believe in equality for the sexes and the genders? The answer is, of course I do. You, if you want to call that feminism, great. Um, if you want to call that humanism or egalitarianism fine i don't really care but i'm i'm very wary about attaching particular labor labels to myself i did a video on that as well because you don't want to like be people to group you like in a certain way yeah people enjoy pigeonholing others and uh, i I don't want to fall into that trap so do you have mostly uh, atheists in your circle or do you get along with uh, some religious people as well well, sure, I get along with some religious people. Um, I don't know if I have very many religious people following me um, because we are still known as the atheist community. Um, but there have been a there have been a handful of, of religious people or, or theistic people that have uh, that have liked my videos and follow me on uh, social media, and that's that's cool. I, I like different kinds of people. And uh, so where do you see, like, uh, YouTube going as, like, a media in the future? Is it, Do you think it's going to, like, expand and this will, I don't know, be an even bigger thing in a few years? Well, or? the way things are going, um, I would say, yeah. I would say it's definitely going to expand. I wouldn't be surprised if there is, um, uh, like, a YouTube version of, uh, what is it called, On Demand? You know, where you just you go to a particular channel and you can just scroll through different YouTube video, uh, YouTube channels and videos and just play it on your television. I don't even know if that might actually be a, an option now. I have no idea. But I think it's definitely going to become a real serious comp- competitor to television and the movie industry, radio industry. And uh, so any final thoughts or things you'd like to say? Um, vaccinate your fucking kids, um, and be nice to each other. All right. Well, uh, I think that does it for this episode of BSing with Sean K. Uh, thank you, Peach, for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. And, uh, yeah, so I should have more episodes coming soon. So, uh, stay tuned.